Faster than the speed of sound At an early age you wanted to get out To pursue adventures all around Things got tough sometimes But it's all good cause Tales is his best friend He's always there for him His head's a kick Bad again, times over and over again What to see is what to get Just a guide around adventures It's on the hedgehog And hey everybody, welcome back to the IDW Sonic Rundown. And fellas, we made it once again. This episode, we're going to be catching up. We will be covering the most recent release as of the time of this recording, at least. We'll be ending on Sonic the Hedgehog issue 59. We got a lot of stuff in between there, don't get me wrong, but it's exciting times. We're exciting times. Yeah, it's pretty crazy that we've made it here. We are officially caught up. What that means, we will have a further discussion towards the end of the episode. Uh, we are also doing a follow-up episode to this uh, that is going to be covering a lot of the specials and individual comics that have come out in between a lot of this stuff so this is kind of it at least for now it's pretty crazy to say that but we do have a mini comic series to go through one that is pretty incredible oh yes fellas without further ado a comic series that i do not think necessarily needs an introduction sonic the hedgehog scrapnik Island. This whole miniseries was given to us, written by Daniel Barnes, and art by Jack Lawrence. Okay, so this was cooked up for Halloween as a more darker, spookier sort of story that they wanted to push that came out over the course of four months. Suffice it to say, it's excellent. It's really good. And you are going to get to see why. But the first one of the instances of getting to see it is the art. Jack Lawrence's art here, excellent. It's so good. He really puts the color work and, you know, mood very heavy. And I think it's a big reason why this comic works so well. Yeah, and actually speaking of the coloring, I know we normally don't do the extended credits, but for this one, it's poignant. The coloring was actually done by Natalie Fordrain who does all the R.I. covers. And the art that she does, I love her art for the record. They're very like bright, pastel-y kind of colors. And honestly, her art just kind of looks like she doesn't even necessarily do line art. It all just looks like colors on the page, which I love. It's a fantastic style she's got. But even though it has like this dark, dreary atmosphere, she really makes those colors pop. Yeah, and it really contributes to the feeling of like spookiness and like the sort of uh, the uneasy atmosphere. So I think we should just get into it. So we begin, as all great horror stories do, on a dark and stormy night, far out at sea. Sonic and Tails on the tornado, being battered by an intense storm, looking for somewhere to land before it rips the whole plane apart. As they fly, however, they come across the crashed remains of the Death Egg. The original Death Egg, mind you. As Sonic and Tails go in for a landing, however, the tornado gets struck by lightning. And then they're going down nosedive first. And I believe one of the special covers is recalling that scene as well. I don't remember who, uh, who did the cover of that one like online exclusive issue, but I believe he said it was supposed to evoke the OVA. It's pretty great. <laughs> we time skip a little bit. Sonic 
He's suddenly waking up on a table, and he looks around this kind of dark, dreary room, barely any light, and he sees around him rusting badnik shells, and he just calls out for Tails. And he hops down, but Sonic kind of cries out in pain when landing on his foot, and notices this makeshift metal boot over his shoe as we appear he has twisted his ankle in the crash landing process so we kind of have a story where sonic speed is nerfed yes and this is a decision that is actually very good they have now nerfed the one thing that could make this scenario how do we say easily avoidable so now that we're kind of in the scenario sonic is just a semi-average hedgehog As Sonic looks down at the boot, he hears a beep from the Miles Electric, picking it up and deciding to go looking for him. Some bots skittering around in the background, coming to life. He monologues to himself, I can't believe this used to be Eggman's most powerful weapon. Place is a total dump now. Must have blacked out after we crashed, before a red eye appears. Tails, where are you, little bro? Oh, Mr. Prower! As Sonic walks on, he comes into a room and finds a single sunflower kept in a little egg prison pod, little patch of dirt, and it's in perfect condition. He says it's a weird sight, but ends up hearing a screech outside and goes off to investigate. Unknown to him, something in that room powers on. Sonic then walks in to what can only be described as the loading deck of the Death Egg, before noticing and witnessing the Egg Carrier, dilapidated and completely destroyed. Uh, He's in kind of amazement of this, as it's almost like a museum of his rival's past butt kickings, before a screech is heard and a flashlight goes on. A little badnik, a, a, a coconut's badnik. So coconuts is like, it's like, oh, it's just an old badnik. Hey, there, little guy. Before he starts crawling out, an unholy fusion of a caterpillar and a uh, and a coconuts. As many more unholy fusions appear before Sonic. Yeah, and in fact, uh, Sonic shares my sentiment in saying that you know maybe this is uh maybe this is just all one one crazy nightmare. And then as he's backing up slowly, his back touches something and he looks up and gets jump scared by a rusting Mecha Sonic. Yes. So introducing one of the big players in this story, Mecha Sonic, who is busted up every which way. Now rocking the badass Chad coat, uh, you know, one covering his 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 uh, one of his arms and the other uh, exposed. Uh, so I love this redesign for Mecha Sonic. It diversifies him just a little bit more. He is it's just so cool. It's a great design. I love this. I love the design. When I first kind of like was reading it and interpreting it. I thought that the, like, rusting was more like Mechasonic was still, like, stuck in, like, a super form. But it was kind of like half and half, it kind of feels like sometimes. We'll touch on that in a second. Well, Sonic notices this. When he looks at Mechasonic, he remembers the last time he encountered him back on Angel Island. Thinks this whole place has lost its novelty. And he starts revving up to run out of there. But in doing so, he aggravates his injury, realizing he busted his ankle in the crash. So, he's got to think fast. 
He homing attacks Mecha, and he barely dodges Sonic, and Sonic uses the momentum to get out of the room and start his escape. Regardless, though, he's still feeling the pain. He can barely run, but the only thought right now is to find Tails and get out of here. We continue past a room. Mecha Sonic goes into it, just looking for Sonic. And inside this room, there's a bunch of broken egg capsules, and Sonic is hiding in one. And then, a monster movie classic. Mecha slowly passes by the one Sonic's hiding himself in, and Sonic just kind of breathes a sigh of relief, thinking, oh, the irony, the great Sonic the Hedgehog hiding from a bunch of robots. Yeah, good thing Knuckles isn't here to see this. Mecha Sonic jump scare! <laughs> he hops on the capsule that he's hiding in as Sonic quickly takes the piece of metal he's holding on and skirts down the hallway to get away from him, turning a corner as he, uh, has a cute little pose telling him, sayonara, sucker, before he crash lands into another mismatch robot. And this one is an E-series robot from the looks of him. But even though Sonic's ready to keep it going, behind him comes out Tails, and he's perfectly unharmed, which Sonic instinctively just pulls him in next to him, saying, watch out, buddy, we're surrounded. But Tails says, no, 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 man, they're, they're friendly, actually. And Sonic does not believe that, but Tails says, no, that's true. Me and the Scrapniks dragged you in here after we built that brace for you when we crash landed. Scrapniks? Yeah, that's what they call themselves. And then the E-Series robot that stops Sonic turns to him and bows and introduces himself. I am E-117 Sigma. You were placed under observation after your ankle injury, and accounting for not knowing where you are, I presume you are under high levels of stress. Our intent was not to frighten you. Your forgiveness is requested. And Sonic just says, uh, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Before we continue on, it would be a little remiss not to mention this. E-117 Sigma technically, technically originates from Archie. Yes. So to kind of give the whole storyline, back in the day when we talked about it, Sigma was mentioned in an Archie blog post titled The Files of E-102 Gamma and was one of the robots Gamma hunted down in the Archie canon. I, I noted it down here. That blog post for Sigma saying that when Sigma fought Gamma, he emicted a quote-unquote zero virus to infect Gamma with. It didn't work and he was able to decommission uh, Sigma. Which, Ian wrote that, so uh, <laughs> zero virus, huh? Uh, uh, all right, so where, where's Sigma? Where's Sigma at? Oh, oh, I, uh, I, I'm, I, I just, he can't keep getting away with this! But yeah. he always will. And for the record, I don't think this is supposed to be canon to IDW Sigma, but hey, you know, that's really cool, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's very, it's very, very cute. And look, I kind of do hope that this sort of opens the door. Maybe slowly but surely more things to be sort of integrated over from Archie. You know, freedom fighters notwithstanding, of course. Uh, yeah. So, as Sigma leads them, he says that we shall go to the surface. I believe the storm should be over by now. Your forgiveness is requested for the crashing of your error. The storm was our error. You see, it was caused by the station's malfunctioning climate disruptor. The Death Egg could do this, I'm pretty sure, right? I think so, yeah. I have yet to been able to fully repair it, and every attempt to permanently decommission it has ended in failure. Until your plane is mended, you shall make our home your own. Welcome, gentlemen, as he opens up to Scrapnik Island. So, Scrapnik, for those who don't know, is essentially a place 
where Eggman's old robots and decommissioned parts have sort of formed their own cute little community. And they're all trying to escape from the stigma of being a part of the Egg Empire. Yeah, and honestly, it's a very small sliver of land, but it actually is very pretty to look at. As Sonic and Tails see this whole situation, uh, Sonic can tell that Tails is just beaming with joy and counts it down. Tails geek out in three, two, one. And he goes, wow, a whole civilization made from recycled machine and spare parts? This is incredible! Called it. Sigma was not expecting Tails' level of enthusiasm and, you know, offers to show him around. Tails is overjoyed and Sonic is amused to see Tails being so happy, but uh, Mecha is next to him and Sonic just kind of scours at him. Doesn't say anything, but follows Tails and Sigma. Mecha just watches on, but suddenly gets a bizarre energy spike coursing through his body. His yellow eye suddenly turns red for a split second, but he's fine now, collecting himself, but he has this sort of determination on his face. Mecha watches on as in the distance, oh, in the distance, we come closer. Their whole group was being watched by none other than Mecha Knuckles. Scrapnik Mecha Knuckles, mind you. So for those who don't know, Mecha Knuckles was a boss in Sonic Advanced 1 who was a stand-in that Dr. Eggman placed for Knuckles. So Mecha Knuckles in this iteration is rocking pretty much what he had in Sonic Advanced 1, but now he has a cowboy hat because, you know. Look, I love the hat. I I think everyone loves that. But yes, he's also rusted uh, and lost all of his red coloring, uh, now becoming more blue than anything. So that is issue one. A good start and obviously laying into the atmosphere. I'm very, very, very interested to see where this goes. Me too. So let's let's just move things along. Scrapnik Island issue two. Again, Barnes and Lawrence, our creative team. When we open this issue, we have a flashback when Sigma first appeared on Scrapnik Island. He wakes up on a beach after wading in from the ocean. He boots on suddenly and just crawls to safety. And as time passed, Sigma repaired and adapted himself with spare parts much like he does for the other bad dicks that he comes across we see him retooling and repairing some egg robos brings it online and welcomes it among the scrapniks then he leads an expedition to the island looking for more spare parts but one of the scrapniks come to sigma seems like it found something he follows it to the shore and points out the body of mecha sonic uh, also important to note is that i'm pretty sure the uh, robot that points out Mechasonic is a Sonic 3 and Knuckles boss? I think so. I think it's the Mushroom Hill boss, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's either the Mushroom Hill boss or it's a boss from Mania. Well, in the present, Sonic has woken up from a nap on the shore with Tails next to him fiddling around on the tablet. And Sonic's got his foot up, his metal boot foot up, as a butterfly scrapnik lands right on it. And Sonic says, hey, little guy, what's poppin'? And to his surprise, it says, hi, back. Sonic's kind of freaking out a little bit, thinks he's losing his mind, but Tails is like, no, 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 I built a translator module into the tablet. It'll take all the Scrapnik's communication signals and convert it into rudimentary speech. So they can talk now? Kinda? Only through my speakers, though. To which, suddenly, Tails gets swarmed by these Scrapniks. They all say hello to him, and Sonic smiles, thinks how only Tails could find the upsides of being stranded on an island of junk. To which Sigma then comes to them, saying that he finished assessing damage of their plane. And Tails shows Sigma what he was up to. And he's very pleased that Tails gave the Scrapniks what he calls the Gift of Gab. How'd you do it? Well, Tails explains in short, While the newer Badniks have failsafes to prevent signal hijacking, older models don't. So I could write a program to translate signals into audio through this tablet, which Sigma calls an extraordinary move. 
Oh, that's all fine and cute, but in the distance, Mechasonic sees the tablet, and that causes another power surge in him. Back on track with Sonic, what about the plane, Sigma? Well, he says there's good and bad news. The good news is most of the damage is superficial and can be fixed, but the bad news is your integrated drive generator was cracked and needs a full repair. And Tails explains that that is essentially the plane's power generator. Without it, we're not flying. Luckily, Sigma knows where to get a spare. It's in the death egg, in the depths. It might take a little bit of time. So, Sonic gets up. Let's get the show on the road, right? Tails, though, is a little worried. Your foot's been taking a beating. You really should let it heal. Sonic, though, says, no, no, I'm fine. If I do any more lying back than what I'm doing today, I'm going to go crazy. Sigma reminds Tails, though, do not worry. If Sonic wishes to accompany myself in Mecha, we will ensure his health and safety. Isn't that right, Mecha? <laughs> as, uh, as Sonic pokes out from behind and the two of them give each other a stare, you know. Tails asking, should I come with you? Do you need an extra set of eyes? Sigma responding, that will not be necessary. You should stay behind and get started on fixing your plane. That would be the most efficient course of action. My assistance will help you. You three, see to it that Tails has access to all the necessary tools and materials for his repair as a bunch of egg robos with cute little uh, repair designs. Uh, 10 for him and uh yeah with sigma sonic and mecha walk to the death egg with sigma asks sonic if mecha can make a requested detour which sonic says i guess that's fine which now they unknown to them are being stalked by mecha knuckles inside mecha is watering the sunflower sonic found earlier and when asked sigma explains that the sunflower just kind of washed up on shore one day and mecha has been caring for it since hoping to place it in real soil one day. And now here comes our sort of uh, expository dump. We want to leave this island. Yes, this is our home, but it's also a prison. A reminder of our shameful origins. We are Eggman's discarded puppets no longer. We must escape his shadow if we truly wish to live happily. To which Sonic ribs Mecha, you know, you look scary, but you're really just a big softy, huh? And uh, when Sonic touches him, another energy spike happens and... Again, just glares at Sonic, responding with him just rattled thumbs up like, uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> well, the three leave and eventually make their way towards the main uh, docking bay as Sigma explains that Scrapnik Island's crown jewel is in fact the scrambled egg carrier. It is with this mighty vessel that our ambition shall be realized. Once it is fully reconstructed, of course, it still requires some work. Man, I'm getting nostalgic. Me and this thing go way back. I didn't even get a great look at it earlier with you guys scaring the <laughs> scrap out of me. How does he do it, folks? How does he do it? I, I need, I, I want my money back. <laughs> this whole time, Mecha Knuckles has been slowly following them in. Well, Sigma leads them to a different room. Inside here should be the integrated drive. Sigma offers to split up and cover more ground. I will be going left. Sonic and Mecha, you go right and give Sonic a flashlight for his uh, non-robot eyes. So the three split up, and Sonic and Mecha just look at each other in silence until, you know, Sonic takes the brave first step and says, Hey man, look, we both got off on the wrong foot. Literally. You and I got history, but you've changed. A lot has changed. And now you've got hopes and dreams. You're watering flowers, and you're rocking a pretty cool cape, man. So look, moving forward, which is what I'm all about, right? In fact, hey look. There's also probably a certain other Sonic robot who could learn a lot from you, I think. Here, how about this? You and me squash the beef. Right here, right now, fresh start. What do you say? 
The two are about to shake hands before Mechasonic quickly realizes something's incoming and grabs Sonic out of the way before Mecha Knuckles makes his appearance proper. Oh, come on. Just how many robot doubles do you guys have stashed around here? No offense. (laughs) (laughs) Mecha Sonic gives a quick peek like, huh? Before picking up Sonic and dashing away. And so as they're gone, Mecha Sonic and Mecha Knuckles just kind of stand at each other communicating unspoken, but Sigma has located the drive unit. At the same time Mecha arrives, which startles Sigma and see the fight about to happen, and leads Sonic away to protect him. Sigma notes that they have met Mecha Knuckles. Quite the spirited fellow, is he not? Uh, not the word Sonic would necessarily use, but Sigma explains, when Mecha Knuckles first arrived to the island, he had hard-coded programming to protect the Master Emerald from intruders on Angel Island at any cost. I was not able to fully remove this from his code. Thus, I diverted his instinct to protect the scrambled Ed Carrier instead. So Sonic notes, ah, so Mecha Knuckles is a blockhead, just like the real one. So Sigma comes to Mecha Knuckles and calmly explains, Sonic is our friend, you may stand down. But Mecha Knuckles, on like a fundamental root level, literally cannot understand that and has end up rationalizing Sigma as an enemy and attacks him. Seems to hit him quite in the central point and ends up shutting down and rebooting, which infuriates Mecha Sonic and goes in to fight Mecha Knuckles. And now Sonic just has to get out of the way of the situation. Now we've got like a real Mecha on Mecha brawl here. Mecha Sonic grabs Mecha Knuckles by the head and drags him across the floor throwing him to the wall, and ends up damaging the remaining eye socket in his process. He responds with a zoom punch on one hand, a smack with the wrecking ball hand, and easy, Mecha goes down. Now, this is where things start to get interesting. We cut to a glitched out perspective, Mecha's perspective, as Knuckles appears before him. Well, Knuckles, and then half sonic keep in mind this is all very glitched out this must be mecha sonic's internal process the fake sonic says you might look scary but you're actually trash i'll bash your brains in blockhead what do you say as mecha sonic goes for a swipe against the invisible dataless glitched out sonic and then realizes He's not even there. Then behind him, a three-pronged fusion of Eggman, Sonic, and Knuckles appears. And this is like, this is some glitched out disgusting shit right here. Oh yeah, this art is Zenith. This is the Zenith of art as far as IDW Sonic is concerned in my opinion. He says, you, oh, at long last you are complete Mecha Sonic. You are my greatest creation to date before punching him as Knuckles. Trash. Trash, trash, trash. Zeros and ones and the side of the page showing errors as Mechasonic's programming is reactivated. His red eye comes online and he quickly bolts up. With that done, Mecha Knuckles walks towards Sonic to fight. Sonic's just like, hey, come on, Knucklehead. We can talk this out, right? Which Mechasonic grabs Mecha Knuckles by the head. Hard counter, spin dashes on top of him, and grinds him into scrap. Sonic's a little nervous, though. He says, thanks for the save. That was a little a little overkill there, in my opinion. But good work all around. Up top, buddy. And Mecha does not respond. Sonic's left hanging and rushes towards him, grabbing his torso, pinning him to the wall. And Sonic just has to get the last line in. Uh, No high five, then. 
And that ends issue two of Scrapnik Island. Holy shit. Yeah, so this is starting to escalate very quickly. Uh, very, 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 very quickly. So, you know, we didn't really talk about it, but the idea that Mechasonic has this intense PTSD from fucking up and being Eggman's greatest creation is... It's pretty good. I like the idea that, like, he feels like he's trash because he can't fulfill his original programming, right? And he lost both Sonic and Knuckles. I mean, I'm going to touch about it more when we finish here, but need we remind you, we're getting a lot of callbacks to the quote-unquote classic era of the games, which up to this point, IDW Sonic has not done. Furthest callback we've seen is, like, Sonic Adventure. Yes, so I do like that they're recontextualizing that as well. So with that being said, let's continue the story along. Scrapnik Island Issue 3. Again, Barnes and Lawrence are creative team. We start off with Sonic giving probably one of the funniest lines in this whole comic. You know, the whole giving my enemies the benefit of the doubt only for my trust to be betrayed thing is kind of getting old, not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Daniel Barnes knows what's up. Oh, he knows what's up. You had a second chance at life and a whole island of friends. You even took up gardening. I thought you'd change, man. What gives? Mecca is now looking over some video feeds of the island. Tails and the Scrapnik Robos are rebuilding the tornado, and he specifically looks at Tails' tablet. And then Sonic asks, hey, what's the deal with this helmet thing? You gonna suck out my brains or something? And then Mecca just turns around and slowly approaches Sonic. His fear ever approaching him is like, wait, are, are, are you really gonna? Oh. <laughs> well, unknown to the both of them. A Scrapnik was spying on them, shocked to see Mecha doing this, and runs off to find help. Now, let's flash back. We see a boot sequence from Mecha Sonic's point of view, and wakes up to Sigma, welcoming him to Scrapnik Island. You were in quite bad condition when you washed ashore, but I was able to rebuild you. Uh, more or less. We then see a sequence of events play out. Mecha assisting Sigma in collecting materials, building the scrambled egg carrier, and generally speaking, just being loved by the Scrapniks. Sigma telling Mecha, you are no longer a tool of destruction. That was the old you. On this island, you are safe. On this island, you are free. On this island, you are it's very cute what is being shown as Mechasonic is making friends with all the Scrapniks and they're all having fun together. He really is escaping from that old directive of his and he's becoming his own person. This also kind of touches on like an underlying theme of the Sonic series that actually never has really gotten explored. It's the idea of found family. Yeah, with Tails... It was one thing with this. It's another. I mean, even with the fucking Freedom Fighters, that's another thing. Yeah, but like found family is a real thing. Family is what you make of it. It doesn't have to be biological. So shout out to people with, with shitty parents. That just just know your friends or your family and, and, and they love you very much. For real, for real. So we cut to Sigma's POV as he instantly reboots, trying to find out if Sonic and Mecha are all right before noticing Mecha Knuckles' pile of scrap on the ground. Sigma picking it up and asking what Mecha has done. We then cut back to Tails, who quickly, with the help of one of the Scrapniks, views the scene that we had seen earlier of Mecha Sonic having Sonic strapped to the table. Tails is, uh, not happy about this, to say the least. Rummaging through some parts, grabbing some stuff, putting it together, forming a makeshift gun with a cool, almost scouter-like, uh, like IP saying, let's go save Sonic, as the Egg Robos also pull out their blasters as well. It's a pretty cool shot. It's a great shot. And also the whole sequence of the Scrapnik coming to Tails, 
Tails determined, and then building the gun, basically. There's no dialogue. It's just letting the emotions kind of carry out what's going on. Very powerful, very poignant. And also, the scouter, the gun, whatever you want to call it, the Tails built, is built exactly like the Sega Menacer. The old uh, light gun for the Sega Genesis. That's so cool. I love that. (laughs) That's great. Now we cut to... I, I think this is very clearly an alien callback, as, or aliens callback, as far as I'm concerned. Tails and the egg robos scouting the inside of the death egg together. The Miles Electric bipping off on the radar, saying, movement up ahead. Stay frosty, you guys, as they uh, they round a corner. Tails sweating, and the crew points and goes, hold it right there! <laughs> <laughs> Tails jumps out the corner. He's got his menacer at the ready, but yep, it's just Sigma. He's carrying Mecha Knuckles' body. Sigma's also relieved to see its tails, and he explains that they're looking for Mecha Sonic. He appears to be holding Sonic captive for some reason. To which now, Sigma has to make an admission. Mecha software is quite robust. My knowledge of his systems is quite limited. When I rebuilt him, I tried to rewire his coding, but it seems my efforts were insufficient. His old protocols and subroutines must have awakened somehow, and they're warping his cerebral processor. This is my error, not Mecha's. He's not thinking clearly, Tails. This scene also now just, this is kind of where things go from like, we're at 10 now, we're at 15. (laughs) Yeah. Before Tails can respond, the Miles Electric starts to make an electrical noise. On the contrary, Sigma, my mind has never been clear. The Miles Electric now beeping like mad, noticing an energy signature before Mechasonic starts speaking behind you as he immediately starts running around bouncing off the walls i hope you guys are ready for some base shit that's about to happen (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. tails and the scrapniks open fire mecha dodges to get away and mecha's voice continues speaking from the tablet you don't know what it's like to be discarded forgotten then they hear sigma's voice is panicking tails points the light from the scope only showing mecha knuckles's hat on the floor in the darkness mecha ambushes one of the robos he's firing trying to escape tails and the other robos just have to run and as tails escapes he thinks he really underestimated his speed i assumed the rust and mismatched parts would have slowed him down but he's as fast as sonic is if we can hunker down in a small room we can limit his movement then maybe we can stand a chance right guys tails looks around the other egg robos are gone and in their place Mecha Sonic slowly walks out of the darkness. And then Mecha explains, Once upon a time, I was Eggman's greatest creation. We were supposed to conquer the world together. After I was rebuilt, I waited for Eggman to come back, but he never came. He left me to rust on this forsaken junk pile. A grave error on his part. Now that will be corrected. And then Tails is like shaking pointing his gun towards him. What's that got to do with us? What do you want with Sonic? I have plans for Sonic, and they are of no concern to you. Give me the tablet, and I will spare you. And then Tails, feet on the ground, pointing his gun, come take it. And then Tails just starts blasting. Mecha dodges the ammo easy, and even though the scouter is able to lock on directly into Mecha as he's rushing into Tails... He swipes the gun out of Tails' hand. Tails' only response left is to hit a spin dash to get a hit in, but Mecha is able to grab him in the air and slams him down on the ground. Enough. Mecha has grabbed Tails' tablet, and before Tails can recover, Mecha grabs him and he opens up a trash chute. Looking at Tails, now you will know what it was like to be thrown away. 
and shoves him down the trash chute and falls aimlessly into the darkness. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh God. Oh, oh God. Uh, so NECA reappears in the room with Sonic as he says... Oh, hey there, Gruesome. Welcome back. Hello, Sonic. He quickly notices Tails' tablet and says, What did you do with Tails? Where is he? Mecha saying, He's where he belongs. Don't worry. You'll be joining him shortly. So we have reached our climax. The image on screen showing a light bulb and two arrows pointing to Sonic and Mecha Sonic. I hope you guys are ready, cause uh, oh boy, we got a, we got quite the finale for us, including a very special call out reference that uh, we'll bring up when we get there. A lot of call outs and references. They do not disappoint. Scrapnik Island issue four, our final issue for this mini series. Barnes and Lawrence once again our creative team. We open with Mecca beginning preparations. The eggnog and modifications have been prepared and mind transfer preparations complete. To which Sonic Nerf says, uh, <laughs> what, you, what, you, what you mean by mind transfer there, buddy? Back in the day, Eggman was enamored with the idea of controlling badness with his mind. Upon your head is the prototype helmet. But once he cracked it, he got bored and scrapped the whole project. With the help of your little fox friend's tablet, I will use it to download my mind into your body. He plugs a wire into his head and so sonic is very surprised to see that his plan is to suck his brains out but mecha is quite serious the scrambled egg carrier is a hulking piece of junk held together by naivete and blind faith it will never fly but your speed can let you run across water with your speed i can get off this infernal garbage dump i'll make sure the doctor never forgets me again yeah okay well what about sigma what about you, the rest of your friends? Are you going to ditch them like Eggman ditched you? Before he quickly takes a pause to say, friendship is a weakness. A brief glitch in my software brought on by an eroding processor. They, they were never my friends. As the, as the scrap next watch from the ceiling in absolute horror and sadness. You're full of it. You don't mean that, Sonic says. Enough talk. I'll show you exactly what I mean. Commence mind transfer. As he throws the switch and the electricity falls between the two of them. The two's minds are becoming transferred as the Scrapniks descend below. Saying, stop, stop, stop. Mecha saying, no, wait, what are you doing? Destroying the central computer and stopping the transfer. Mecha is in shambles on the floor. It's gone. It's all gone. All my work now. I'll never get off this island. He quickly turns around. You ruined everything. I'll crush you! If you don't know, if you're a little bit of a, a little bit of a zoomer in the Sonic community, classic line coming from Absolute Kino fan project, Super Mario Brothers Z. So Mecha Sonic is the core antagonist in that series and is essentially from Sonic's world where he has gained absolute power and is essentially a extremely powerful killing machine. Akin to like you know, sell, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and there's an instance where uh, I think Shadow is fighting him, right? And he's getting the upper hand. 
and he just screams, I'll crush you with the voice line, and it goes so hard, which is why this fucking reference goes so hard. Daniel Barnes knows what's up. He knows what's up. That, and also, it's that scene that stands out, and also in Super Mario Brothers Z, I think one of the best scenes in general is obviously the Fire Sonic fight. Oh yeah, no, the Fire Sonic fight goes insane. It's so good. I mean, it really can't be understated, like, how much of a flex all of Super Mario Brothers Z was, like, for sprite animation. Like, it's just incredible. It's so good. And it also started off the sort of uh, internal meme of Advanced Sonic is just basically Goku. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) So, Sonic is sprawled out on the floor, hearing a voice. Plans ruined. Must escape island. I'm, I'm not trash. What's going on? Whose voice is that? What's with these fragments I'm picking up on? It's like someone else's memories are being shoved into my head, but they're all busted up and hard to process this anger, this sadness. It's not mine. Before Mechasonic throws one of the scrap mix into a monitor. Sonic is not happy about this. Visibly angry as Mechasonic goes in for the kill, only to be spin-dashed into by Sonic. And now Sonic is facing off Mecha in a classic race fight. He says his ankle feels like it's being stabbed by a thousand needles. Keep it together, one foot in front of the other, keep moving forward, fight through the pain. But he notices that Mecha's thoughts are filtering into him. And Mecha thinks to Sonic, you know nothing about pain. What you feel is nothing compared to what I have endured. You've never been cast aside and robbed of your value, your purpose. You may have bested me last time we fought, but not this time. You're all alone, out of options, and you're wounded. You've reached your limit. And uh, this also is a little bit of a callback to uh, something else. Ah, but see, that's the thing about limits, though. Sonic begins to rev up and start running at max speed, even with the ankle brace on. They're meant to be broken. I've got your limit right here. Yes, absolutely. Sonic and Mecha are now dashing and darting around the trash compactor of the Death Egg, still in operation as they fight and battle across the inner processing plant before, finally, Sonic lands a fat boot to the head, causing him and Mecha to fall before Mecha remembers his friends and his eye changes back to yellow. Mecha falls into the junk. He's falling into the incinerator as the flow is careening into the fire and Sonic comes down trying to save him. Take my hand. But Mecha swats the hand away. Sonic, that freedom is inevitable to you. You explore the world at your leisure, unhinged, unhindered by regret or failure. It must be nice. Leave me, this is what I deserve. Original Eggman Directive, defeat Sonic the Hedgehog, failure. New Sigma Directive, protect the Scrapniks, failure. I am a failure. I am worthless. I am trash. Before Sonic screams at him, cut the crap, will ya? That's in there. It's written. That's in there. That's which is pretty impressive for a kid's comic. You give yourself value and purpose. No one else. You gotta live for you. That's what it really means to be free. Now, take my hand. Mecca, in that moment, listens to those words and realizes the truth of them. Grabbing onto Sonic's hand as he tries to pull him out before realizing, uh oh, I uh, think I might have overdid it with my foot. I can't move it at all. <laughs> uh, and he goes, oh, 
all that big talk and you can't even get us out of here? I'm working on it, all right? <laughs> Before another hand takes hold of Sonic's tails. Is. Now, Sigma and the Badniks together pull out Sonic and Tails from the incinerator. With them done, once safe, Mecha is swarmed with love by his fellow Scrapniks. All a big group hug. Even Sigma comes toward him. I apologize for being unaware of your inner turmoil. And Sonic and Tails look on at the scene. Tails notices Sonic is crying at the side of this. But Sonic says, like, nah, man, these aren't my tears. As we look at Mecha. Happily with his scrap new friends. Adorable. So good. All right. No, no, no. But the real tearjerker isn't even here yet. That's that's the best part. So back in the lab, Tails has just finished removing Mecha Sonic and Mecha Knuckles of Eggman's old programming. Sigma saying that the Scrapnecks will never forget the kindness and bravery Sonic and Tails have given them. And it's all in a day's work, according to Sonic. Now let's go fix the tornado. Mecha Knuckles is being Knuckles, to say the least, and <laughs> crossing his arms outside. Mecha, however, looks at his arms and grasps them. A ending monologue is given, and this one, one of the best that this series has ever gotten. The value of one's existence isn't determined by success and failures. Both are fleeting and impermanent. What truly matters is having the courage to keep moving forward. I see that. Thank you, Sonic. I know not what the future holds for me, for any of us, and that uncertainty is disquieting. Life is disquieting. But with the help of my friends, I'll face it head on. As the tornado takes off with Sonic and Tails, I'm done being controlled by yesterday. I'm going to live for tomorrow. Peak. Zenith. Holy shit. Yeah. No, this was incredible. Daniel Barnes, you wrote your heart out and it showed. The love really, really shows. Honestly, I really hope in the future we can get more writers that have written for IDW Sonic before in the annuals to work more in a capacity like this. But regardless of that, yeah, no, this is the best miniseries IDW has put out thus far. I, I, this is That's an easy swish. Easy swish. A lot of what makes it so good is, it, again, you know, us describing it is one thing, but really when you dive into the artwork and the way that it's paced and the way that it all comes together it's why the medium of comics can work so and that's a big reason i'd say just go read it and you'll see exactly what we mean i don't know if i like this more than imposter syndrome because i think the overarching stuff imposter syndrome is doing is really interesting but i think that this is like easily right next to it oh yeah i mean for me this like i said is definitely like the top tier of idw sonic as far as the miniseries go because the intention of this was to be a standalone story when issue 4 was released, Daniel Barnes did confirm that this does take place in between issue 56 and 57. But art's fantastic. The writing is fantastic. We called out the one reference of the Super Mario Bros. Z, but the trash shoot in the Death Egg is designed to look exactly like the copy machine in the Sonic OVA. Suffice also to say, the scene of Sonic and Mecha in the trash chute evokes the end of OVA as well. Yeah, and also, yeah. the final shot of Sonic and Mecha looking on at the Death Egg is very end of Evangelion. Yes, absolutely. It's uh, It's got that vibes to them, you know. It was great. Another amazing miniseries. I hope that IDW has many more to come. But that is our last miniseries that we are covering for the time being. However, we do have something rather interesting to talk about before we get to the main stories so for sonic idw's fifth anniversary there was a fifth anniversary edition of issue one including a small mini story at the end of it we've already covered issue one so we don't really need to 
go through that minutiae again. But we will, however, be covering familiar territory, which is that short mini story. Yes, it was the new quote unquote B story that was done for the fifth anniversary special. And it was given to us with writing by Ian Flynn and art by Tracy Yardley. It's a short one, but I'm very happy to see Tracy Yardley back, even for this short time. Yes, absolutely. Let's get into it. Vista View is under attack again. Those poor folks just can't catch a break, says Sonic, as he's promptly smashed up by, by two shellcrackers, getting his crap beat into him. Before, a lone civilian comes in with a wisp on, asking, hey there, are you okay? I remember you. And he figured out how to use that wisp on. What can I say? You gave good advice. So for those that don't remember, this civilian was one of the first people Sonic saved during issue one. Yes. He was like cowering in the corner. He had that same cube hammer wisp on with him. Sonic saved it and says, hey, come on, man, put that to good use. Come on. And then he dashes away, you know, just doing his whole hero like thing. But as he says, oh, yeah, you know, you gave good advice more than that. You were an inspiration. You know, I never saw myself to be a hero. I just grabbed a wisp on out of desperation back then. But you believed me, you saved me, and you trusted me with the wisp on in my hands and you ran off without a second look. I had to become stronger after that. And then he recalls during the metal virus, it reached his town. I stood my ground and protected my neighbors because I thought that's what you would do, Sonic. But unfortunately, I was infected and turned. And I don't remember much else after that. But then I do remember waking up one day completely cured. And it was because of you. You saved me again. And I'm taking that as a second chance to do better than before. Miss Sonic replying, ah, it's nothing special, buddy. Just me living by my own feelings. Yeah, but you can turn golden fly. Uh, oh, that, that, that's a special case. You see, before a buzz bomber hits them with a laser shot. Rain check on explaining? Right, let's save the town. I'll follow your lead, pal. As uh, a cute little tear in his eye. He's so excited to be praised by uh, his idol. For Vista View and everyone in it. And that's the end of our short little mini story. Pretty cute. Not super in-depth. But, you know, I, I think that's a nice little story to, to have for an anniversary. You know, it's like, oh, hey, it's one of the first people that Sonic saved and he got inspired. And that's cute. It is a great companion piece to the first issue. I will give him that. The reason why I placed it kind of along this, because number one, the fifth anniversary special was released like pretty recently at the time of this recording. So I just figured, timeline-wise, Sonic and Tails come back from Scrapnik Island. They're back in Central City. Sonic gets a call from Jewel to come to Restoration HQ. And on the way there, he passes by Vista View, and this occurs. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense in that context. So, oh my god. Welcome to the final three issues of current IDW. We've made Holy it. Holy shit. Uh, this is crazy. I don't think we need anything else other than to just get the fuck into it. So Sonic the Hedgehog. Issue number 57. Story by Ian Flynn. Art by Adam Bryce Thomas. We open on the Imperial City. Lanolin, along with her Magenta Wisp and Whisper, are scouring the border of the city. No patrol along the line as if Eggman wanted us to invade but from behind sonic and tangle dash past them sonic thinks it's going to be rude to refuse the invitation then they rush downhill tangles rolling along with her tail to keep up with sonic as she is screaming surprise attack lanolin though is angered with how reckless they are being though whisper just thinks uh this is just kind of how they are those people <laughs> lanolin <laughs> though mentions they need to learn one day they can't beat the odds forever something that whisper knows better than anybody 
Uh, I love PTS. Needless to say, Lanolin, she's taking a bigger stage in this arc now. Yeah, so I feel like a lot of this is partially because A, Adam Bryce Thomas, and also B, because of fan reception. People have really taken a liking to this character, so I think they want to develop her more. Which, hey, you know, another cool original IDW character, all for it. No complaints there. No complaints from me either, and effectively, like, Adam Bryce Thomas just kind of inserted this character as, like, an incidental character in issues before this. But now, I mean, effectively what I'm saying is that Lanolin's his baby. This is his OC, and I'm very happy. Happy to see uh, the OC graduate into a canon character. Yeah, uh, congrats. You've done it. Inside the city, Sonic and Tangle fight their way through the Badniks. Sonic's saying that these Badniks have been spread thin the last time he was here. Tangle hopes not too thin. She wants to fight too. She trashes a Badnik. She notices another security Badnik activated and comes toward her. Which, if I recall correctly, this is the Death Egg Zone mini-boss from Sonic and Knuckles. Yes, it is, it is. Sonic and Tangle dash around its crushers as Lanolin rushes in front of Tangle to get behind her. And her wisp gets into her custom wisp on, made like a sheet bell she wears around her neck because she's a lamb, effectively. And once it goes in, she flicks it, and that sends a shockwave in the middle of the air and disorientates the boss. But from above, Whisper comes in, fires her laser wisp on, right through the main body. And Sonic calls that a nice shot as he runs away from the falling debris. But Lanolin yells at Sonic, Did you forget why we're even here, bro? Meanwhile, back at Restoration HQ earlier, Sonic arrives saying, Hey there, Jewel. You said you needed a favor? As Lanolin, Tangle, and Whisper, alongside Jewel, are in the command center. Jewel explains that while the restoration primarily focuses on humanitarian rebuilding efforts, Lanolin here has made a case for us to expand. The restoration will be rebuilding a rapid response team to take the initiative to protect the people and handle threats they detect. It's an all-volunteer group so far. The team made as of now is Lanolin, Tangle, and Whisper. But Tangle is very excited to have Whisper back around, calling her her bestie, has her in her arms, it's all fun and good. As uh, Sonic comes toward Whisper, asks, how are you feeling after you fought Surge? She says she's doing fine. Alright then, what's the favor? Sonic asks. Well, Lanolin explains she heard about Sonic's time in Eggman's newest outpost, so she wants to take the team inside and figure out how to take it down. Jewel explains these three are most capable. We are dealing with Eggman here, so we want your expertise here. And easy peasy Sonic's in. You guys got a team name? To which Tangle hops up and says, yeah, we are the Diamond Cutters. Uh, Lanolin vouches for that, but Whisper... Whisper doesn't really, and clearly looks a little miffed. Yeah, uh, the shot is great as, uh, you know, Tangle is just, haha, and Whisper's just, like, mad, just extremely angry, as the second shot is just her sweating, as Whisper is even angrier now. Uh, average sapphic relationship. (laughs) 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 Don't cancel me for that. Don't clip that. Yeah, don't. Tangle wants Whisper to co-sign her, but she just non-verbally shuts her down, and Tangle can feel the anger ever increasing. Well, anyway, uh, Lanolin tells Sonic she was looking forward to working with him, and Sonic says, well, um, no offense here, but I don't believe we've met before and she says oh no it was quick and you were busy you and amy saved my town of riverside way back then i was inspired and i joined the restoration as a result and then as time goes on i worked directly hand in hand with director jewel so sonic then takes her hand handshake it's a nice to meet you when are you guys heading out? Oh, we're ready if you are. Then we skip to the present. Sonic comments how slow and sneaky, not exactly my thing, you know? While Tangle herself handling how to get the whole team dynamic down. So Lanolin asks Whisper, how do you handle her? 
I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Real, real. Oh, boy. Tangle senses the hostility, asks Whisper, do we have anything to talk about? No. And she just walks on with Tangle's dismay. So Sonic asks, well, you know, if we're going to keep going through the city, are we going to keep doing that? But Lanolin has another idea. She pulls out a camera. The camera also designed like a Dreamcast VMU. That's a fun little shout out. Ask Whisper, can you take your hover wisp on and send this up? My little wisp Maggie can't fly that high. So she has green out and flies up with the camera and from Lanolin's tablet compares it to Sonic's info. It seems like the city has physically expanded. As in, it's growing bigger. But Tangle has not seen any construction equipment or, you know, egg ponds in the funny little hard hats. Well, our data's limited, Lanolin adds. Let's try another point in the city. But Sonic has another idea. Green, give me a boost. Green merges with Sonic. With the hover color power, he flies up into the air and looks around to find a certain spot. And once he gets what he needs, he flies back down, unmerges... And tells the team, I found the spot where Metal and I wrecked the escape plan. Not only has that spot been completely repaired, it looks like we never even crashed. The city is not only getting bigger, it's healing itself. To which Lanolin adds, how's that possible? Not clue. And Lanolin is just like, why why are you so like nonchalant about this? In the back, Tangle asks Green if uh, she can use color power too, but... Whisper says, maybe later, time to go. Lanolin then takes a minute to think. If this city is functioning like a living organism, something has to be powering it. To which Sonic adding, I didn't see Eggman's usual mining equipment. You know, they're five stories tall, hard to miss. Tangle comments how the trees around the city looked like they were in rough shape. Could it be pulling stuff from underground? Then Sonic remembers Bell said that there's a network of tunnels from the underground. So with a general idea, Lanolin gives the order, diamond cutters, move out cautiously to tangle and sonic's dismay as they move through the city they find a service elevator and go underground stealthily taking out badniks as they come across them then they start going down this tunnel and this may be a coincidence but the way these tunnels are designed kind of give me the vibe of sector six from final fantasy 7 like a touch yeah a little bit as they go down they reach the tunnel's lowest point and there's a dead end which whisper says make way and then she aims her wisp on down at the floor fires and it's left with an opening. Tangle uses her tail as a grapple and lowers herself and Lanolin down into the hole. There's a lot of empty space and Lanolin uses her wisp on to create some light from the shockwave generation and they only find relatively thin pillars of earth supporting the area around them. Come back up. Yeah, there's like nothing down there and that's the problem. It seems like Eggman is strip mining the environment. The minerals, the plant life, nutrients, it's all gone so sonic thinks he's figured something out the city's gonna keep expanding and it won't stop until eggman has taken over the entire planet not too shabby doc this makes the death egg look bush league lanolin then orders the retreat let's get back to restoration hq we rally the troops and we march on the city but sonic thinks wait why don't we just do it now we got the team we're in the city i know eggman's in that big ugly tower in the middle of it all like come on let's go but lanolin says it's too dangerous this is an untested team and Sonic just barely got out of here last time. We got to marshal more forces first. Yeah, and how big will the city get before we get a marshaling? It's going to grow unopposed if we get taken out today. Tangle thinks they both make good points, but Whisper calls for them to go ahead. I'll stay back and scout. But Tangle refuses. You just had your own close call. You don't get to try to go solo, which startles Whisper. But then something from behind them activates. Green energy balls, and they turn on a portal, which tangle recognizes it's the same thing they found in eggman's tower a while ago we don't want to pass through that 
So Sonic grabs Tangle, she grabs Whisper and Lanolin, and Sonic boosts away from the portal toward them. And they see an ambush of Badniks in front of them. Plus, the elevator's out of service, so he tells them to hang on, and it's going to be a little bumpy. He jumps off the aerial Badniks, wall runs up the elevator shaft. Unfortunately, the portal is inching closer and closer towards them. A small Badnik dives into Sonic and Tangle's hands. They're cut off, and then the girls fall into the portal below and like and sonic barely dodges out of the way but he's surrounded he runs and holds himself between some of the pipes and he calls restoration hq jewel uh i'm kind of a bad chaperone diamond cutters are in trouble and i'm surrounded i don't really say this often but uh i i could use some help here that's where our issue ends and mostly set up but the payoff is going to be quite interesting i believe so as well and also, needless to say, we're we're working with some callbacks that IDW has set up so far. I mean, we're back at the Imperial City. We're seeing that like weird virtual reality portal Eggman was playing around with immediately after the Metal Virus saga. So it seems like Eggman really was cooking up some hardcore shit. Yeah, and the best part is, is that once again, because this is recent, we still don't know what all this means. Oh yeah, you know, we're getting bits and pieces. We're getting our bits and pieces, but let, let's see here. Sonic 58, we're writing by Flynn and art by Roethlisberger. And I have to say here, Roethlisberger's art here is not in his usual style. It's more like comedic in a way. <laughs> yeah, it's weirdly comedic for this, uh, for this issue. It's not bad. It's just a bit of a different tone than you would expect for what's going on, you know? Yeah, honestly, it kind of reminds me of Homestar Runner in a way. <laughs> and no i'm not saying that just so we can get this podcast on the homestar runner wiki <laughs> well i guess we're immortalized there now huh is is this our fate is this the fate of all of everything and everyone who ever mentions homestar fucking runner <laughs> yeah shout outs to Cybershell. <laughs> i don't know yo, shout outs to yo shout outs to Cybershell. that's my goat for real so sonic 58 sonic is fighting his way through the badnik horde hey guys look i know attacking me is kind of your thing but could you give like two minutes my friends are in trouble to which suddenly the horde chasing him are stopped by a cyan aura and they're blasted away by a large fireball made by silver and blaze tails and amy are incapacitating badics behind them hey guys come here often oh boy well this is quite the team up we have going on here blaze silver tails amy and sonic we don't we don't get to see these guys do their thing together that often you know yeah silver and blaze especially i mean we know why they they kind of tend to be paired up whenever they're in a game together thanks to sonic 06 funnily enough but you know what it's always fun to see them uh, incorporate stuff like that yes absolutely it's pretty good here Amy comes to Sonic. You hurt? No, no, no. I'm okay, but I do appreciate your help. And sorry to make you work on your vacation, Blaze. And she says, ah, think nothing of it. I will never turn a blind eye to villainy. And Silver is just happy to have some general direction. Tails asks and says, hey, like, I thought this is why Lanolin organized your group. I thought they were with you. Sonic kind of catches him up to speed. Eggman City here is kind of auto-building and strip-mining the earth below. Then we got ambushed by a trap like the one we found in Eggman's tower thingy tails asks blaze do you have time to go home and get the soul emeralds blaze says uh that's not gonna work the emeralds only let me cross between here and my home world and silver also adds he cannot freely time travel so cross that off the list amy thinks the only way they can get them back is you know them interfacing with eggman's tech tails thinks he could do it but 
no promises. He looks onward. Maybe these crystals, those big large crystals in the distance are the key to everything here. Sonic takes the lead forward. Let's make a way for Tails. And then as they run off, we kind of shift perspective in the digital world, let's call it, where Tangle, Whisper, and Lanolin are. Tangle is shouting for them to come back. They're right here, but they obviously cannot hear her. And she's angered that she can't fight the badniks like this. I can't talk to anyone, and every step feels like we're gonna float away like a soap bubble. This sci-fi whatever stinks. Tangle then asks Lanolin, uh, you got a plan? But she's kind of like curled up in a fetal position on the ground saying, I'm not the boss here tangle says well what do you mean you are you're the one who organized the team this is your mission your team leader and she just kind of rocks in the corners like i i can't because they <laughs> well come on let's be serious here and whisper is you know complete the mission kind of person and she says i don't think i'm cut out for this well then why'd you form this team uh, uh, desperation you know back when my hometown was attacked i felt helpless and unprepared i just didn't want anyone to feel that way again but i'm not prepared to deal with this the mission's a failure and it's all my fault but then tangle comforts her in her own way saying no 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 we failed together <laughs> it was a team effort and uh lanolin is not happy at this statement <laughs> That doesn't make me feel any better. <laughs> <laughs> but Tango continues, look, take it from someone who slingshot myself off a cliff once or thrice. It's okay to make mistakes. Jewel carried me out of some bad situations, and you got a team that can help you out of this one. We're going to walk away from this a little smarter, a little more experienced, and with a great story to share with HQ. How can you be so sure? How can you be so sure? And Tango seems, yeah, we're the diamond cutters. That's why we're awesome and we never get them up. Right, Whisper? And then Whisper just slowly turns around and just asks, why? Why diamond cutters, my team, my friends, what I lost? Wait, lost? When Tangle said former teammates, I thought you meant they disbanded after the war. No, we were betrayed, destroyed. I, I thought, I, I didn't, I, I want to just say it before Tangle erupts into... A storm of tears. I'm sorry I didn't think of it like that. Your old teammates were such close friends. They were so cool and confident. I wanted that for us so we wouldn't drift apart again. Oh. Before Whisper starts thinking the couple of moments about her leaving Tangle, her tears at the loss of her friends thanks to Surge, the kindness she accepted from Val, and hugging all of her wisps again as she is resting in a hospital bed. Tangle is bawling out of control, saying that she was so caught up in the moment. Lanolin is saying she can always change the team before she puts her hand up and Tangle stops crying. My old team, we were there for one another. Our wisps, they're here for me now. And even though I've tried to walk away, everyone has been there to support me. Sonic, Tails, Belle, you. The only person not trying to help everyone is me. I don't know the whole story, says Lanolin. But if you were betrayed, I'd understand having trouble trusting others again. No, one person hurt me. One person took my friends from me, not you. Not the restoration, just him. I can't let him take this from me too. I can't. I won't let his fear poison me anymore. I am sorry. I've been a bad friend and a bad teammate. It will take some time to fully move on. May I ask that you be patient with Lanolin says that she will be if you're patient with me being bossy and inexperienced. Tangle says something muffled as she's wrapped up in her tail and like a blanket. But Whisper pulls her face out, says she can understand how you feel, Tangle. I know, I can, and I will. We can remain the diamond cutters, 
They would be honored we'd be inspired to continue their cause. And Lanolin shakes Whisper's hand. The honor is all ours. So Tangle brings in everyone for a hug. The cool friend's doing what's right no matter what. Lanolin is down, but hard limit on the group hugs, which Whisper agrees to. All right, let's make this one count then. Then Lanolin asks Whisper what the OG cutters would do in this situation. Whisper says, we didn't really have a chain of command. We just relied on expertise. For intel, we'd ask Claire for our insight. If she had nothing, then myself would go scout. Tangle takes this to mean that she'll go on ahead. But Lanolin thinks right now we can't interact with the physical world. So no badnik can attack us and we can get around security. So they can all get around the city and scout extra quick. And when Sonic and the others get back to normal, we got all the intel they need. Solid plan, Tangle thinks. Whisper offers to go to Central Command as it will have the most crucial resources. So Lanolin gives the call, let's go Diamond Cutters. With their sort of action pose kind of stylized to kind of look like a splash stream from sonic forces it's pretty great let's 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 go diamond cutters we we love to see it we truly do i do like this a lot although personally i kind of wish the drama that kind of stemmed from the diamond cutters from whisper was stretched out a little bit more i felt like it was rushed a little bit yeah it feels like it's resolved a little too quick i like the idea of lanolin stuff getting resolved right but I do wish Whisper stuff was a little bit more drawn out. But maybe I kind of get with what they're going with with kind of addressing it now, you know? Even if it's a little too fast, okay. We can always revisit this idea. Something that's very important is the idea that uh, healing, especially healing from your trauma, is never linear. So I think we can revisit this. Yes, absolutely. It's it's great that, that this is kind of the message that they're going with instead of a fix-all. It's like... Hey, I need time to figure my shit out. Please be patient with me. And everyone's like, okay, we understand. So elsewhere, Sonic's team is fighting their way through the Badnik Horde, clearing the way for Tails. Hopefully he can be quick. Tails pulls a panel off the wall. Amy and Blaze bash and incinerate Badniks together. Tails attaches the wires from inside to his tablet and our boy just gets to work. As we see Silver pull off his like sonic orbit move to bash the multiple Badniks around him. And around the corner, there's a large egg hammer Badnik running to attack the group. It's about to bash Sonic until Silver catches it and stops it in place, leaving Sonic and Blaze to just go full ham on it. And then the hammer falls near Amy, but she looks at her own hammer, looks at that. Silver, give me a boost. <laughs> Amy then screams, everybody get back as she, along with Silver's help, uses the giant mallet to smash the egg machine. Yeah, the art also is insane. This is another thing you have to look up for yourself. This tiny girl brought up this huge-ass hammer to just decimate this giant badnik. Oh, suffice to say, suffice to say, raw, raw, uh, raw. raw. But, but the line after is what really seals it. Silver is in disbelief. You did most of that. <laughs> How? Because she's awesome, <laughs> says Sonic, giving Amy a high five. <laughs> Tails saying, oh, did I miss something cool? <laughs> uh, we send the tide of attackers for now. Have you found anything? Tails then explains that the giant crystals sticking out all over the city, they're actually giant fake chaos emeralds. The doctor can replicate them that easily, says Blaze. Yes, but they're cheap replicas. 
They have the same wavelength and properties, but they're woefully underpowered in comparison. On the other hand, they're still more potent than the chaos drives and power cores he's used in his machines in the past. That's obviously a cute little callback to the fake Emerald in SA2. Sonic asks them if them being this large is just to be gaudy, but Tails says the size is to increase power output. Eventually, it'll justify the cost of creating them, but at a tremendous cost to the environment. So Sonic thinks, why don't we just go start smashing these fake emeralds? And Silver says, ooh, ooh, I want to try the giant hammer this time. But Tails says, no, not no, bad, no, no. And Blaze is exasperated, saying, do you honestly think shattering an emerald, as powerful as it may be, is a good idea? What are you thinking? Destroying a crystal will level a city block and take us out with it. And then the city will have more resources to pull from to repair itself. Meanwhile, in the background, while Tails, Silver, and Amy are looking over the Miles Electric. So what? We trash the entire city by ourselves, says Sonic? You can't think that's remotely possible, says Blaze. I'm just tossing out ideas here. (laughs) (laughs) As that bickering goes on, Tails pulls some schematics. Turns out these crystals power regional growth but they're all empowered by the central tower. The place where Eggman was taking command from the last time we were here, Sonic thinks. So let's just go in and unplug it. Sonic starts to run. Tails flies next to him, says, okay, I'll do that. Tails, you can reverse the energies trapping our friends. Uh, well, yeah, that was implied, right? Silver then flies in next to him. This needs a delicate touch, Sonic. Oh, like you're one to talk. Then Sonic thinks to himself, you know, Lanolin was right. This is a lot easier with help. Doing things solo is fun and all, but doing things as a group is also... Until, boom, an explosion a block away. And Sonic just tells everyone, go on ahead, me and Tails will check this out. Atop the roof, Sonic asks if Jewel called in more help besides them, but Tails doesn't know. Okay, so who joined the party then? An explosion is heard as Sonic and Tails look out to see Rouge, Omega, and Shadow the Hedgehog blasting through enemies. Team Dark has officially joined the fray. And most importantly, Team Dark is officially reestablished in this instance. The comic directly calls it Team Dark, which means another Sega mandate has been lifted. Let's go! Another great issue. I love that Sonic and Co. are getting to interact. I like, I like the, I, I did like the Diamond Cutter drama, even though it was a little bit rushed. But I, I do like that Whisper is sort of acknowledging that she's kind of trying to go AWOL so quickly and all that stuff, right? Yeah. But this is it. We read this issue just last week. That's crazy. That's, that's fucking crazy to say. Fellas, if you've been here since the beginning with the Archie Sonic Digest, we have reached the conclusion of what is personally, for me, like a two-year-long project of reading, at least America-wise, all of the Sonic the Hedgehog comics. Fucking insanity. We should start off issue 59 by talking about the alternate art for this issue. Yes. Pull it up. Pull it up. Oh, yeah, I'm going to use this. Normally in the videos, I use the A covers, the standard A covers, but the alternate B cover. This is the hardest piece of artwork Sonic the Hedgehog has ever fucking seen. Shout out to a Natalie Haynes. This is evoking sort of a Renaissance era piece of Shadow the Hedgehog being swarmed by shadow androids in fact natalie haynes herself said that she was inspired by uh i don't remember what the art piece itself was called but it features like a lucifer in tears and to basically call shadow a fallen angel that's the rawest fucking thing i've ever imagined yeah i i cannot overstate how fucking based this art is it's it is absolutely superb 
for this issue. Um, now, before we begin, we got a lot of hype around this issue because the covers, the discussion, Adam Bryce Thomas on Twitter hyping it up. There is definitely something happening with Shadow, and we are going to start seeing I mean, we've already started seeing the beginnings of it with the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog, for example. But now we're finally going to get to see it in a more serialized context. So that is seen in the very, very, very first opening. Adam Bryce Thomas is the artist and Evan Stanley wrote. The Buzz Bombers surround Sonic, Tails, Shadow, Rouge, and Omega as Sonic is in shock that Shadow has arrived. And instead of a shitty retort, he simply waits for a second and says, Sonic. Uh, Rue's saying, hey there, kids. (laughs) (laughs) I'm flattered that you'd want to come rescue little old me, but as you can see, you're a little late to the party. I have no idea what you're talking about, nor do I care. Okay, that's more in line with what we're expecting from this character. Still a little quippy, still a little still a little angsty, but it's more of just like, I'm here on a mission. I don't know what you're talking about. Leave me alone, right? Yeah, that's better. That's much yeah, better. That's much better. Rouge opens saying that I called my boys in to see what we could do about this delightful little burg the doctors put together. Ah, that tracks. The more Eggman concentrates his forces, the more I can destroy, says Omega. Silver brought in Amy and Blaze as well, and Amy rushes between Rouge and Sonic, who at this point, Rouge kind of like threw her arm over Sonic's shoulder and like got in real close to him, like a little too close, one might say. So Amy rushes in and pushes the two of them away from each other, saying, this is a pretty altruistic situation for you, Rouge. And she says, yeah, of course. And if we happen to find anything valuable in Eggman's vaults, it's a reward for good behavior. And Tail says, okay, whatever. Regardless of the situation, you're here now, so let's team up and take out the city. But Omega comes back to Rouge. This conversation is irrelevant to the mission, which uh, Rouge takes that as the team vote of no to the team up. Omega says, I will attempt not to hit any of you in the crossfire, which character development, (laughs) character development. Rouge splits from the gang. No hard feelings, but I think you're only going to slow us down. To which Sonic obviously takes offense to that. Blaze thinks that their efforts can only aid us. You know, it's the principle of the thing. Until then, Eggman's voice bursts over a loudspeaker with the intent of welcoming Sonic and his simpering tagalongs to my latest creation. Welcome to my city of tomorrow, a self-replicating, self-repairing metropolis unlike the world has ever seen. So go ahead, try to destroy it. For every building you level, a dozen more will take its place. And you know what? I think the occasion calls for something I've been saving for quite some time. Then out in the sky, we've got large deployment badniks dropping their load, if you will. Shadow looks up in shock as he sees what's being deployed. Welcome to the Eggperial City. My Shadow Androids will be happy to show you around. Enjoy your stay, as short as it may be. So, the Shadow Androids is a very interesting concept to bring back. For those that do not know, for the Zoomers in the audience, one of the key plot points post-SA2 is the idea that Eggman started work on a Shadow Android project. This was shown at the end of Team Dark's campaign in Sonic Heroes and then further explored in Shadow the Hedgehog. Shadow? Android? Am I an android too? I I can't, man. I I fucking... that, That line is... 
it doesn't help that that was like shadow the hedgehog for the record was the first game where the four kids cast was incorporated into the games cast so like i think jason griffith was still like figuring it out if you will yeah he was figuring it out for a couple years Uh, (laughs) let's 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 be honest uh, but no no shade to him he 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 got his shit together and he's pretty good at the end of the day but this is a really interesting callback especially for this issue specifically wild technically in canon i don't i don't know how they consider shadow the hedgehog canon in what way what route i don't know but the fact remains if i remember correctly from shadow the hedgehog the only two characters who have seen the shadow androids are shadow and omega yep we move now to eggman's throne room he's laughing as orbot congratulates him for his intimidation speech but eggman's just enjoying the show he's shoving down popcorn at all Oh, it's been so long since a plan came together so properly. And these badniks modeled after Shadow's superior skill set really was a stroke of genius. I knew holding onto them would pay off one day, and Sonic will regret coming back here. And Eggman's boasting, Metal Sonic is by his side, as unbeknownst to them, Tangle, Whisper, and Lanolin in the digital world are spying through the door. They sneak into the room, as Eggman tells Cubot to give him the cheese flavoring for his popcorn. Tangle, like, still sight unseen is messing with metal sonic does the little bunny ears behind the head and lanolin's a little pissed that she's not taking the situation seriously but she just lets it pass let's check out the room there's got to be something useful in here then they look at the monitors that are viewing the fight and lanolin asks what these robots are but whisper oh whisper does she recognize what these are these things are what happened to the first diamond cutters and she falls to her knees and the world is like fading to black around her, kind of not dissimilar to what we saw with Kit a couple of issues ago, if I remember correctly. Yeah, very, very, very similar. Tangle, thankfully, pulls her up, brings her back in. It's gonna be okay. But Whisper Panics, no, 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 it, but it, it's too late. They're gonna, I'm gonna, but Tangle just hugs her. Whisper clearly unnerved at everything, but says, it's not gonna happen again. We're not gonna let it happen again, okay? I promised. But slowly but surely, the light returned to Whisper's world, let's say. Outside, the army of shadow androids is approaching the group. Everyone's fighting for dear life. And Sonic asks Tails, exactly what are we dealing with here? Tails has no clue. They're moving too fast for us to get a read on. As the army of shadow androids walks towards them, Blaze gets in front of the group. And she just unleashes a firewall to stop the horde. But they just walk through it to her shock. That really should have stopped them. Amy uses her hammer to push them back. She does a little damage, but one of the androids grapples her hammer and is throwing her in place. Sonic says, okay, Silver, uh, can you make us a ramp to get out of here? Silver quickly swats away some badniks, and we see our boy reaching deep, deep down, and he pulls the earth up to make the pathway into a ramp. Sonic grabs Tails, Amy, and Blaze. All right, guys, time to bounce. And he leads the way out of the shadow androids. As they dash through and up, Sonic sees Team Dark holding their own against the androids. You know, if we join forces, we can gain the upper hand here. Blaze then offers herself, Sonic and Amy, hold on to my arms. And as they grab on, she extends her arms back and uses her fire to propel toward them. Pretty sick move, actually. Pretty, pretty sweet. Rouge is looking at the situation, not happy about things. Shadow pointing out that the doctor is trying to overwhelm them with numbers, but there's no strategy to their movement. Easily manipulated. Once we move to a better position, we can take them out. As Blaze throws both of the hedgehogs and then has them 
come crashing down on two of the androids. You got some cousins you never told us about or something, says Sonic. Please, these cheap copies don't deserve to wear my face. Good one, good one. See, but like, that's in character for Shadow. It's not like, uh, it's not like angry. It's more of just like, like, come on. These guys, are you for real? Like, we both know this shit. Like, come on, man. That, that's a 1-800-come-on, son. <laughs> Sonic and Co. start taking out the androids. Amy asking, do you know them? Hardly. These are just cheap copies created by the doctor. He will pay dearly for this insult. Omega then getting overwhelmed by the shadow android saying, do you think this will stop this unit? Your feet and or legs are forfeit. Ryu says, now would be a great time for those fancy powers of yours. Impossible. I don't have the energy to perform chaos control without an error. Hang on. Shadow, these crystals are generating chaos energy. Can you use that? So they are, but the energy is distorted. And now comes the Kino. Fake emeralds. I hate to stoop to using such a pale substitute, but it will do. Chaos. Control. He snaps his fingers and three of the most raw panel shots of Shadow I've ever seen hit the fucking deck. Him just eviscerating the Shadow androids. Constantly snapping between them using chaos control it's uh it's peak uh saying much better as the androids fall to the ground in pieces <laughs> everyone in disbelief uh except for blaze who is kind of shocked by that and sonic thinking to himself maybe i should give it a try <laughs> <laughs> can't stand being upstaged bro well more importantly it's also a reference to sonic stealing the uh the chaos control with the fake emerald <laughs> in, in sa2 yeah that's true, yeah. As Shadow relents, we see the red chaos energy crackling off his body. The group is cheering for Shadow, but Shadow moves forward. Don't celebrate just yet. And then he tries to induce chaos control again, but then he freezes in place. It's like he's overwhelmed by the energy. As suddenly, a giant crystal grows right out in front of him, flinging Sonic, Tails, and Amy away. Rouge comes to Shadow, and he's keeled over as he's commenting, fighting through pain, it seems like. It's just too much more energy crackles and it's now fully overwhelmed him and shadow has no choice but to release all the chaos energy out of his body in a nuclear level chaos blast launching into the city far above the sky and uh in doing so more crystals grow and the group just tries to get out of the area Rouge tries to go back for shadow and omega but she's stopped in the air for more crystals and she has to fly away to which Eggman's tower is reading all this information from his monitors and all he just says that from these energy spikes is, uh, yeah, of course, Shadow would cause problems. And uh, Tangle, Whisper, and Lanolin comment about this chaos overload. They don't know what this is, but it does seem important. An energy limiter goes off and Eggman just shuts the system down. Very, very cute, but it'll take more than that to take out my city. With everything turned off, the group end up sitting on the city's outer ring. Looks like it's calm now, but unfortunately, Shadow and Omega have been lost to the city. Well, Amy just asked what all this was, and Tails reads the energy on his tablet, says it looked like a runaway feedback loop. But is this a security measure or a design flaw? Wish I could analyze this stuff back in the lab. Rouge is clearly distraught by what just happened. Sonic goes to console her. Hey, they're tough. Maybe they're the toughest. And Silver adds, at least now we know what we're up against, right? Now we can figure out how to take them out. Sonic co-signs that. 
you're not going to be separated from your friends for long. Rouge ultimately thanks him for this. The way you stay chipper truly is a wonder, Blue. It's simple. I'm just looking forward to seeing Shadow's face after we rescue his sorry butt. Then, oh, then we move back to Eggman's tower. Power slowly returns. The Eggnet towers are rebooting. The Badniks can't get a hold of Sonic and the rest of those animals, they report. But Lanolin notes that the power surge was almost enough to take out the city. If we can trigger another one, bigger, and stop Eggman from rebooting it, we can cripple the city, for real. But... Lanolin notices that her hand is phasing back into reality, and the three panic, realizing that they are free from cyberspace, right in front of Eggman. <sighs> I've seen you two before, Eggman says, looking quite menacing in the shadows. And it looks like you ran into my spatial displacement trap, enjoying your time left helpless and invisible, eh? You almost got out when the power dipped. I knew I should have updated those early models, but don't worry. I have the latest, greatest version right here. A trip through one of these should scatter your atoms into oblivion. Whisper quickly attempts to fire a shot before it phases through egg. My trap separated you and your precious wispons from normal space. You can't touch me. The device engulfs whisper as Tangle reaches out for her before she's locked up. She hesitates before being shoved out of the way by Lanolin, who screams, find the others, tell them what to do, tell them, before being locked up as well. What a shame. Such precious knowledge, but no way to use it. Nowhere to run, no way to fight, as Tangle hits up against the wall, noticing that she can phase through it, and immediately falls through. And that is it. That is Sonic the Hedgehog issue 59. We are officially, after two years, caught up with these comics. We made it, folks. We made it. So, yes, this was the most recent release. And next time we have what is noted as Tangle Alone. Now, I kind of want to take a moment here and stop. Number one. This was an amazing feat we've accomplished. Not only are we all caught up and all read with IDW Sonic, we've read all of Archie. And that is something that I don't think many people in this community can say. Fortunately, unfortunately. <laughs> no, take, you win some, you lose some, right? But look, it's very interesting to see what we can go from here. We do have solicitations for the rest of this saga out, as well as a couple of solicitations for the next arc. I do want to talk about them uh, not too much in depth, but enough to just sort of see that like we do have a path here. In the pre-show, we did talk a little bit about the recent news about IDW. We will be releasing a short of that on YouTube, so um, you will be able to see it eventually, but if you want to see it now, patreon.com Suffice to say, I think we are in actually a pretty strong position, all things considered. A little concerning, yes, but the future of IDW Sonic does look strong. We do have previews out for issue 60, which is going to be picking up where this left off. And honestly, the next arc does look pretty interesting. It's going to be a bit more simplistic, a bit more down to earth. I think the story is supposed to be a bit more like vignette style, you know, everyone's just doing things out in the world kind of deal. Here's what I think. Long term, we know that Ian has said before especially when we interviewed him back then. The plan is that eventually IDW will do a little time skip and will pick up the story post-Sonic Frontiers. Once the DLC comes out for the Sonic Frontiers, that last story DLC, I think that's going to be the time where we can start expecting that post-DLC content. Yes. With that being said, though, I do kind of feel like, and we don't have all the solicitations out yet, to be fair, 
So I kind of uh, want to hold back a little bit being critical of this, but I do think there is a little bit of a wasted opportunity for uh, more writers to write main issues because Ian Flynn is going to be writing issue, I think it's 62. Ian's writing issue 62, 63, and 64, along with Evan Stanley, will be co-writing issue 63 with him. But considering the fact that it's supposed to be more like vignette-style, like separated stories, everyone's doing their own thing, there could have been a great opportunity to have Daniel Barnes write an issue, Ian Mutchler write an issue, you know? Yeah, I would have preferred that as well. You know, I just think that it is an unfortunate consequence of, you know, Ian being attached to the comic for so long and, you know, him having the main writer credit for uh, for Sonic now, uh, especially with his work on Frontiers. I, I can see that, and I do understand that. If next time this comes rolling around, if you want to do this concept again, which you can very easily can, IDW, bring in more writers. Just bring in more writers to do this kind of a story, this kind of an arc. That would be very appreciative of all the people that you have working with. With you now to focus on the future of this arc this is going to be a very interesting there was one person i'm sorry i don't remember who exactly this person but this person theorized that there's kind of a very interesting groundwork being laid whether inadvertently or intentionally we have these like giant fake chaos emeralds right and also strip mining of the earth now very easily it could just be like an unintended consequence that eggman you know is not thinking about right but let's say it's not what if eggman's strip mining because he's looking for something may i ask what exactly that is this person doing and this person went gigabrained and said hey yo y'all remember sonic x y'all remember the planet eggs from the third season what if <laughs> that would be fucking insane that is ridiculous to think it is ridiculous to think about don't get me wrong especially considering sonic x is one of those things that's from what i understand technically off limits but i've looked into this a little bit and from what i understand like sega does own the rights fully to sonic x so legally speaking in theory it could be fair game if ian really wants it or if like just sega says okay fine you can use it and ian has said before he actually does have a concept to incorporate the metarex in idw sonic now whether or not that will ever be seen you know is a question up in the air but the fact that like seeds are kind of being planted you know forgive the pun so to speak it's just very interesting the state of things yeah i am very interested to see where this all goes frankly that's kind of just it. As we mentioned at the top of the show, Scrapnik Island, I mean, ah, that was incredible. That was beautiful. The, in, in my opinion, it's the zenith of the IDW Sonic miniseries. The collected, like, four-issue graphic novel, I think that comes out in September. So for me, highly, highly recommend you pick that up. You will not be disappointed with that. It just to check out the art. I mean, oh my god, that art is incredible. This arc is turning out to be pretty interesting if anything our boy shadow's getting a redemption and oh guy god does he deserve that yeah he does he absolutely deserves it and i'm very interested to see what's going to happen in issue 60 in regards to this before we do our sort of closing offs let's do some housekeeping so there are a handful of issues from idw that we did not cover we are going to be doing a final big episode to cover all the specials that's going to include stuff like uh the team sonic racing special the the classic Sonic uh, specials that have come out every now and again. Tales 30th. The Tales 30th, yes, is included. We're also going to throw in some of the uh, preview stuff from Sonic Frontiers that was in comic book form as well. It's going to yes. be a lot to mix in. You'll see. It's going to be a, a final send-off to sort of IDW Sonic Rundown in its current form, let's put it. Suffice to say, we mentioned Patreon already, but got to give a shout-out to a new patron joined us this episode. Multi-slashed, $2 a month. 
Thank you for joining us, and we hope that the content flows. We do have some more announcements that we will make at that next episode, so folks, stick around. Thank you for joining us. Patreon.com slash SonicSpeed. $2 a month, early episodes. $5 a month, that in the pre-show. $15 a month, all that, and the video version of this podcast. We'll see you guys next time for the, I guess, in its current form, the final episode of the IDW Sonic Rundown. See you then. It's got his songs themselves I'll tell you that if that is Dr. Eggman With his evil empire and evil plans Eggman wants to conquer the world But the hedgehog won't let that go Whenever Sonic's anger explodes His enemies will meet the fury of his aggression and that will change anyone's perceptions about him What to see is what to get Just a guy to learn adventures With Sonic the Hedgehog And the rose can have to fill up for him Is there a superhero but she's his self-proclaimed girlfriend? He cannot escape her, but he will always save her Whenever something is up, some kind of danger And the story goes on